1: Welcome to the McCovey Croncast. It is Friday in November, the day after Thanksgiving. I'm Brian Murphy at Every Sixth Day.
0: I'm Doug Brisoni at Moonwalk McFly.
1: And uh, we are recording this podcast several days in advance. So by now, the Giants have signed Zach Granke and David Price and locked up Brandon Belt for a few years and signed Justin Upton to play left field. Uh, how are you feeling about all that? There was a lot of activity over a short span of time, but I think it's going to make the yeah. Giants better in the long run.
0: Yeah, I, I feel really good about it. Um, I was a little surprised that after they got Grinky and Price, they then went out and also got at, got Jordan Zimmerman and Doug Pfister, who they explicitly promised to sign the slot in a rotation to, but hey. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I'm I'm very surprised that the that the Giants actually then sent that fruit basket to the Dodgers. Um, I just thought that that was grandstanding, and uh, and very out of character for uh, usually a classy organization. But um, there we are. So the Giants are already have the NL West locked up, and there's not really much for us to talk about. Um, so thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh we don't know who the Giants signed in the intervening days, but chances are they didn't sign any of those players. And maybe they won't. Maybe they won't sign anybody at this offseason. Who knows? Um today though, because to keep it evergreen, we're going to sign we're going to talk about what the Giants could theoretically do. Uh Grant posted back on the nineteenth the Giants his idea for a fake offseason this year and i believe in 1210 comments uh 1209 of those comments were crapping all over the post and how completely awful grants grants theoretical offseason was and so we thought well we can't theoretically we can't do any worse than than that uh so we we should try our own post about what the giants should be doing um, since they didn't do any of the things that we said they did at the top of the
0: podcast,
1: and Doug has no choice but to go along with this idea because he had no better idea.
0: That's right. Though I will note that we we can't do any worse than that is the official motto of McCovey Croncast. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we
1: are we are the threshold. We are the lowest line. <laughs> um, so one of the, one of the things though that we can tie into recent news. Is, uh, and with grants post. So, well, actually, let's set the rules here. Uh, after signing Brandon Crawford and knowing that the Giants don't want to go over the competitive tax threshold of $189 million, the Giants payroll, uh, their obligations is, is approximately $144 million, it's like 144.1. So, figuring that the Giants don't want to, that they have approximately $19 million in uh, there's like that gap. They had $170 million in payroll in 2015 and still went over the tax of one, the cap of 189. So we got to figure about $168 million um that they would be fine. They wouldn't hit, get close to the limit. So let's say they have about $28 million to play with uh remaining or $24 million. Wait, do math, Brian.
0: <laughs>
1: they have 144 and they need to get to 168, 24 million dollars. Uh, to play with remaining in the offseason. And that's just AAV spread out over the length of the contract. So then now let's get into what we can, how we can fold in new news. Tim Lincecum yesterday or last night, uh, it was announced that he was going to be uh, putting on a showcase for scouts and organizations in January to show that he was still alive or that his surgery was a success and that he could pitch – uh, in Major League Baseball. Grant had put that as move number four of the offseason for the Giants to sign into a two and a half million dollar deal with quote hella incentives end quote. <laughs> so I would say that <laughs> that Lincecum trying out essentially means that he knows that he's he's at least you know he's trying to get a minor league invitation here that that's the, a possibility that the He's not guaranteed a major league deal. That's what that seems to me, that he's aware of that.
0: Right. Um, and he's not going to get it. I mean, I, I don't want to immediately say he's not going to get a major league deal because, you know, in a world where Rich Hill gets $6 million from the A's, it's anything possible. But That's he's a good point. clearly not good enough right now that you would just hand him a rotation spot on any team. Um. On the other hand, I just don't know what, what some front offices are thinking. It seems doubtful the Giants or a contending team would give him a rotation spot, but it's possible that, you know, the Marlins would. The Marlins love bad former stars who are cheap. That's like their thing, who then they can maybe trade. I don't know.
1: I also think if he was willing to position himself as a reliever or super reliever, that he would be valuable to many more teams for that yeah. possibility.
0: That's true, and that's what a lot of people always thought he would be. Um, that's right. So we'll see.
1: I would say that I would not include him in my free agent banana. So this is the first question. Let's just – we don't have to, like, sit here and, and go against Grant's thing, but I would not bring back Tim Linsicum. I I wouldn't even – if you and I were – if you were the president of baseball operations and I was the GM – I would, so you're the boss, you're my boss. I would say, boss, I don't, I don't want to send, send any resources. We're done with Tim once we come to ship his sail. Let's commit our time and energy elsewhere. I, I'm not interested in bringing him back at all. But Brian,
0: his agent <laughs> said he'd be good.
1: <laughs> so you're saying I should send a scout here, is what you're saying?
0: Um, yeah. His, do you think his agents would lie to us? Would they just make their client look better without any regard to reality? I don't think so.
1: All right, so I'm sending a scout. So now I have one one fewer scout to send elsewhere. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I just don't think as a major league deal, if I'm committing any money and I have $24 million essentially to play with, I'm not – the 40-man roster is full. I'm not bothering with – finding a space for him or committing any money to him uh, at all. The Giants need pitching, but he's one of the reasons why they need pitching. So I'm not going to go back to him to fill that
0: gap. So. Yeah, no, he, sh- he should not be on the Giants 40-man roster. Um, he should not be the guy who the Giants are counting on to, to help solve any problems. He's, you know, over the last four years, he's kind of shown that he's not that good of a pitcher. Maybe his hip surgery will mean he's suddenly good again. I tend to doubt it just because has he really had a hip problem since twenty twelve? Is that sure. is that what we're going with? Can can you pitch for that with that for three and a half years? Like that seems doubtful.
1: Sure. I uh, I mean the the velocity decline is very real and, and who knows. So ten months to come we bid you adieu. <laughs> <laughs> we bid you adieu. Uh, well, let's, well, what, what, let's focus on the, what the Giants are going to have real quick then. I think we're in agreement, right? The infield is basically set, uh, belt panic, Crawford and Duffy and Posey, uh, catching, and, right? So, and then outfield is basically Pence for sure and uh, maybe, and Blanco either as a starter or the fourth outfielder or playing for the Gunshirt for half the year. Um But that's basically – it's the infield plus Pence plus Blanco that's set for sure, I would imagine. Those are all givens on the roster.
0: Yeah, so they're all set in stone, basically. Um, there Um was some talk about Shelby Tomlinson being, being like a super sub who could play the outfield, but it didn't go well for him in the instructional league because, you know, he's been playing the infield for years, and he's not an outfielder. Weird how he couldn't just take it up in a week. <laughs>
1: um,
0: so you yeah, know, you yeah. like to think that these Giants prospects are good, but no. So. <laughs> yeah, God. Wait, you're just going to come up in at 320 but not play in the outfield? <laughs> Crap. So um, that leaves yeah.
1: probably a couple of outfield spots. We're, we're probably saying that the backup catcher is either uh, Hector Sanchez or uh, – or Trevor Trevor Brown, right? So
0: or Andrew Susack.
1: Unless, or Andrew Susack unless he's traded. So the so we're, we're
0: we got to remember
1: put our GM hats on here. Who are we moving if we're making trades and who are right. we signing if we're feeling? I'm trying to figure out a way to train to trade Angel Pagan and I'm probably strapping Hunter Strickland onto that in some way if somebody wants Hunter Strickland uh, they've got to take Angel Pagan. Not all of the money, obviously. That would be unfair. But just as a way of clearing him out, that would probably be what I would try to do. But then I don't know who I would pick up for him. So now I'm, I'll am think about this for a minute while you do, while you pitch something. Who would you have to um, play left field for the Giants? So I'll go with that.
0: I mean, honestly, I, I think they should have picked up Aoki's option. I'd be trying to talk to him because... He's, you know, he's a good player, and he'll be cheap, and you need to spend on pitching. Um, As for other guys now who are, like, outfielders, it's not that – I mean, if you're not at the top of the list, it's not really that good of a list. It's, you know, because Hayward's great, obviously, and Justin Upton's very good, but you can't spend the money on them if you only have so much and it have to go to pitching. You don't want to go to, what, Will Venable. Uh, it just seems iffy. Yep. And the left field
1: options alone are, first of all, they're mostly left-handed, and second of all, they're all sort of platoony for the most part. Uh, but then you have someone like Cespedes, and I like Cespedes, so I don't like his on-base percentage. And I, I mean, he does so many other things well that maybe the Giants could live with that, but I don't really see him as a great as a great fit. I mean. He'd be fine, <laughs> but I just, in terms of an allocation of resources, don't see a tremendous uh, upside in that sense. Upton seems like a great fit, though, uh, just because it would lengthen the lineup in sort of, in a very good way. But defensively, he's he's not really is equal. And then you've got David Murphy, and you've got Aoki left-handed, Deaza, DeJesus, uh, I mean, and Alex I mean, Gerardo Parra, right. Uh, but then you've kind of got Gerardo Parra and Gregor Blanco. You don't have the arm. Um, but otherwise, sort of everything else. So, uh, so yeah, I guess pitching would be the focus then. So let's just get right down to that. President of baseball operations. The Giants, you know, have two rotation spots essentially. Uh, and Grant decided to fill those with, uh, Kenta Maida. I'm saying his name wrong. I apologize. And uh, trading for Matt Garza. So that was Grant's way of filling the rotation out, which would fit into the to the payroll uh, space, but not into the improving the team space.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, it's the the good thing about my, about Maida. I, I don't know either. I'm sure people will start saying it, and then we'll delete this podcast. There's no record of getting yes. it wrong. Um, but the good thing about him is that a lot of the payroll hit on him would go to the would go to the, the posting fee. So you could um, so what you could do is you could spend the money, which you know the Giants are willing to spend the money. They just don't want to be taxed. They don't want to spend money that goes to the league. So you mm-hmm. could spend at least some of that, and it would be exempt. So it would be reported as you know in Grant's thing, it was reported as seven years, one hundred six million, but really it would be you know if it's a $20 million posting fee. I'm just pulling that on my ass. It would be, you know, seven years, 86 million, which is 12 million a year or so. And that's not that right. bad. You could then go out and get another okay starter. That would be, you know, make leaf money or whatever.
1: So then there's some agreement there about going after uh, posting for MIDA MEDA, and, and- Possibly, it seems like such a big risk factor for the Giants in terms of the unknown of bringing over someone with no track record in in the major leagues. Uh, it seems a little surprising that they would make a push in that way, but who knows? They might, in terms of finding value, it might be worth it. Um, so okay, so that'd be one spot potentially. I'm not entirely convinced. I, I don't know. I'm not liking these John Lackey rumors I'm hearing, and I believe that was in one of our previous games. That was some, That was one of the people that you thought the Giants would actually sign, uh, perhaps. I believe that was in uh Bridesmaid or get or, or Wellwisher. And yeah. he said the Giants would be would probably get him. And uh Lackey and Maida to fill out the rotation, that still seems like a very troublesome rotation to me.
0: Yeah, I mean it's there's a lot of risk in there and I would not deny that. I would say there's gonna be a lot of risk no matter what they do because, you know, pitchers Pictures are always yeah. iffy. Maida has, I think, a lot of upside. Um, Lackey doesn't, you know, Lackey's upside is what he did this year. And yep. he's, you know, he t- to me, Lackey just seems like another Matt Morris type signing where they know what they're getting for like a year or a year and a half. Um, and I also compare him to Matt Morris because I didn't like Matt Morris. And that makes it him than Tim Hudson. He seemed like a very nice person. That's that's interesting. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I would say that someone who's over the hill, he has another year or two left as a good starter, and be and then he's just gonna crash hard. And the Giants would try to get that value out of him. That seems like something they've done for a long time. It's
1: possible I, he made $500,000 last year, right? Because of the way his contract was structured that if he had Tommy John surgery, he would uh his his last year of his contract would only be $500,000. Um, so I would imagine he'd be trying to get back some value in a deal. It just feels like to me a, a solid major league starter, starting pitcher wh- who's a known quantity and has that track record That seems to me that that contract is in the 12 to 14 million dollar range,
0: right?
1: I mean, that's just what it seems like the market price is going to be going forward, which is not really ridiculous when you just think about how much contracts have gone up. Yeah. But uh, if that's the case, you know, someone like a solid starter like him is going to essentially leave the Giants with 10 million dollars to do anything else with. And on our and if we're accepting Mida and that that actually happens the posting and everything, then the Giants only really have just twelve million dollars a year. They've got if they want to max out. We're president of baseball operations. We've already maxed out our offseason here, and we might be going over if we sign John Lackey to a fourteen million dollar deal for one year. So
0: yeah, um, so we're probably going to max out no matter what we do if we want to have a good team. That is kind of a problem. So
1: the Giants have now. So we've maxed out the pitching with Maida and Lackey, and let's say they're they're plus two over. So they need to we we need to find two or three million dollars to work here. Possible trade candidates include Javier Lopez, Brandon Belt, Santiago Casilla, Sergio Romo, Angel Pagan.
0: Um, I mean, to me, I'd say Romo is probably the best bet to get some actual value because okay. he, you know. He's a writing specialist and making a lot of money. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's tough to get that money out. Like, obviously, I'd love to get rid of Pagan's contract. Uh, right. But that's probably not realistic. You're going to get another bad contract in return.
1: Yeah, let's figure out. Okay, I'm I'm on board the Romo train here, good giant. But the Giants might be able to save, you know, if they – he's making $9 million, let's save the Giants – only have to pay for three million dollars of that, you know. Then they, then they clear it. That they clear it out. I'm not sure actually how it works for the tax implications if the giants if the three counts against them or the nine is completely removed from the team. You know what I mean? I'm not sure how that works. Um,
0: yeah, I mean
1: for the tax purposes, let's assume for the tax purposes that it's just the money they don't owe because they're still on the hook for some of that contract, obviously. So let's just say they clear six out. So that, great. Giants pay $3 million, trade Romo, and I wonder who they could get back. And now, okay, who do you feel like would be a good trade partner? Obviously, it can't be anyone in the NL West. You want to get him out of the NL West. You don't want him coming back to to hurt you there. You might be able to get a bad starter from the Mets.
0: Oh, that'd be fun.
1: So they're on the hook starting-wise for John Neist. They owe John Neese nine and a half million or nine point zero five million dollars. Oh yeah, and they have they have a buyout for seventeen, or they have an option for those years. So John Neese is a left-handed starting pitcher. Maybe they just trade Romo for John Neese.
0: Yeah, and then we don't have to do the whole lackey thing at all. Yeah, so
1: so is that what your president of baseball operations is that what your Suggesting the Giants do instead?
0: Yeah, sure. I mean <laughs> he's a mediocre guy, but he's not gonna cost any more money. Man, this is uninspiring. Being a GM it is. And president of baseball operation is hard. Well
1: we can we can do whatever we want in this theoretical off season. We just I mean we've got <laughs> we just posted for an unknown pitcher and traded for John Neese. That is very uninspiring. <laughs> <laughs> That's very, 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 extremely uninspiring. Also, looking at the Mets uh, payroll, the arbitration people, they've got three, six, eight players going into arbitration this year. And then, oh, geez, 10, 12, 13, and 17. And then they have 13 again in 18. And that's crazy. Excuse me. They have 10 and in, in 18. <laughs>
0: This is really hard. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean again this is why I think that they've said they're not going to go over the luxury tax, but they probably will, just because they're gonna like realistically to field the team they want to field, they're gonna have to. Um for us it's a good limitation to sort of illustrate just how hard it'll be to to do this off season. Um Yeah. And I, I, I can't it imagine
1: is, it without trading trading players and good players because, you know, just the way that the roster set up. Like Casilla, if they can trade Romo or Casilla or both as painful and destructive as that would be to the bullpen, that seems like the easiest – those are players that people would want and who the Giants could potentially replace because of track record. But I would still venture to guess that finding a two primary relievers – your two main relievers out of the bullpen are, are going to be very difficult to do. So, I, I don't think Derek Law is going to step right in to that Sergio Romo role uh, right away.
0: Um, no, probably not. And I, Ray Black, Ray Black is exciting,
1: but he's probably not even close yet.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's the guys who are close in Triple A. Like Stephen Okert's pretty close. He had a bad couple months in the middle of the year, but overall he was pretty good. Um and you know, there's the guy some of the guys who we saw in September who are not enormously inspiring, but probably it could be effective relievers like Corey Garen's of the world. So um, we just did
1: a worse job than Grant.
0: Yeah, we did a worse <laughs> job than Grant. Which is kind <laughs> of our thing.
1: We we said couldn't be worse than and yet we did a worse job than than Grant. I mean there you have it folks. There's no the Giants are screwed. There's nothing they can do to improve the team. So
0: if we can really the main takeaway here,
1: that's the main takeaway. (laughs) So if you have in the comments below, I think uh, it would be great if people, beyond telling us that we sucked in
0: this,
1: (laughs) that we, that we talk about that you put your suggestions as well, instead of just figuring that we sucked because (laughs) that was basically the comments in grant section was at the offset that none of this, made any sense it was good, but we know the Giants don't want to go over the over the threshold and we know that they have about enough money to get one pretty decent starter and that's it. They don't really have they have a lot of needs on the pitching side and the market's going to be so wildly priced. Especially this year with so many good free agents out there, they're just going to get bid up for everybody and other teams can fit. Um they have a little bit more flexibility. The Giants have so many core players and then someone like Matt Cain, who's getting a lot of money and is not going to provide a lot of value. Uh, so I I ask you all to what better options do you have? Keeping in mind that every other major league general manager is extremely reasonable, logical, and knows where the Giants are at as well.
0: <laughs> you cannot
1: trick them. No one is going to look at Angel Fagan and go, the Giants knew something the Giants didn't know something that we know. It's just not the way it works anymore. <laughs> uh, the only other thing, I, I keep thinking about Justin Upton and thinking about he seems like someone, the Giants as well. But to me, a perfect offseason is that, yes, you go over the tax, but then you also find a way to get rid of Pagan or Romo just to clear that extra money so you have little r- wiggle room to – we know in January and February to make some late signings for some minor depth pieces with potential great upside. But someone cranky and Upton seems to me like that's what I would want. And then figure out the rest from there. It doesn't fill all the Giants holes, but it, it seems like it covers enough that you might be able to minimize the risk that you have for basically still having a hole in the rotation. That seems like between three or four guys, you might be able to plug in that last rotation spot. And then depth wise offensively, you're you are already banking on players coming back uh from injury and being productive. And then you've got to hope that either through trade or minor league free agents that somewhere in there you can find the extra center fielder that you might need that you're going to need when Pagan goes down.
0: Um, yeah, I mean I would say that it is a possibility for that fifth rotation spot. They could just find someone they have sitting around, like, you know, obviously Clayton Blackburn had a good year in PCL last year. And they have guys like Ty Block and Chris Stratton who are there. And they could, you know, they could sign a Kevin Correa. Not not Kevin Correa specifically because no one wants that, but just that kind of slotsome major league guy who can float around until they figure out what to what they're really going to do. Willemeyer-esque um, kind of pitcher. I don't know if they want to do that, but if they have to save money, they would, you know, invite one of those guys and put him in a competition in camp with Blackburn and Block, maybe Petit if he's still around, um, and see if they can just fill the fifth spot that way. So if yeah. they really need to save money, then they can do that. Like if, they, if they're if they in the mix for Upton or, I don't know, Hayward or Gordon or whoever in left field and they get a good pitcher, then that kind of that, – that does make some sense that they would just give it a shot. And then maybe they'd hope that Tyler Beatty has a great year in the minors and they can call him up at some point. Um, you know, they don't not have options, but all of them carry some risk, which makes it pretty tough.
1: Right. And realistically, it would make sense for them to trade first, clear the money out, make sure that's a given. And that – I mean, that's – what sort of almost have to do in that situation because – and then you put yourself at risk of just their, those guys that you do want don't, and you do go after just not being there by the time you're actually finally able to clear that money out. Um, I, I'm just going off of the, the ownership group is going to be like, we're not going over the taxes here. Let's so just figure that out. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: so it just seems to me like you got to figure out a way to clear that money before you make the move. But maybe I'm too cautious of a business person. I'm not sure.
0: That's why you never made it in business,
1: Brian. That's why. That's the only reason why I never made it in business. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So I think we'll wrap it up because, you know, the train wreck that was that brainstorming session, uh, I'm sure, is being mirrored and has been happening every day in in San Francisco in the front offices. Maybe that's what Sabian – why Sabian moved upstairs or moved up the ladder. He was like, I see where this is going. And I would I don't want to have to stay up thinking about all this. <laughs> you can yep. take care of it, Bobby Evans.
0: You take care of it, Evans. I'll just count the rings. And Evans is like, <laughs> I, I also have the same number of rings. Yes.
1: Not... yes, Bobby Evans has a lot more paperwork to fill out, but Brian Sabian gets to watch a lot more baseball games and quote-unquote <laughs> scout, which is really yes. just sit and eat frozen yogurt and then – lean over to a scout and be like you saw what he did there right that's, that's what Brian Sabian's job is <laughs> and then Bobby Evans is the one that has to like deal with the administrative assistant who's being difficult and <laughs> talk to the vendors and all the, all the annoying crap So, do you have anything to add Doug? no wait I have a question for you why Groog and why Moonwalk McFly? Why do you have two uh, different names?
0: And three, well, the reason, if you count, Doug. Well, the reason I needed to have different names is that at Groog was already taken on Twitter by some French guy. Um, <laughs> so it wasn't really my choice to have a separate name. The, uh, the name Moonwalk McFly is the stupidest name that someone could think was cool, in my mind. Um. <laughs> which, <laughs> Which is why I like it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I don't really remember when I came up with Groog. I came up with it when in let's think of what year it was. Nineteen ninety seven or nineteen ninety eight when I needed the username for a GeoCities site.
1: Whoa.
0: Yeah. So What
1: is I GeoCities just... for our millennials? <laughs>
0: Geocities is one of the first free web hosting things, so you could go and like get a site and be like, I have a web page now and program it in HTML, um, and so I did that, and I just needed a login for the the thing. Like it didn't appear anywhere on the site, and I just kind of stuck with it because I figured nobody else would have it. And then some French guy has it. That jerk. Sacre bleu. bleu. uh
1: my first uh name that i can remember putting into a website was my aol instant messenger name and it was murph doggy
0: dog murph doggy dog nice
1: and the dog was (laughs) d-a-w-g oh that is yeah that is good (laughs) that is hella aol instant messenger (laughs) We did not do a better job than Grant. We signed Todd Wellmeyer and Mark Gardner to the rotation and we still spent all twenty four million dollars of the money. So
0: Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Giants <laughs> fans. Don't don't make us GM.
1: <laughs> That's right. Definitely don't. Uh and don't confuse me with Cam BR's Brian Murphy. Because one, he spells his name differently and two, he's a lot smarter and better at this than I am. So
0: there you go. Uh
1: any any parting last words, uh, Doug? No. (laughs) Wait, what about Uh, Groogwalk McFly? Well, that'd just be weird.
0: Just
1: just combine it. Yeah, it's very weird. Uh, All right. So so thanks for listening. Uh, I'm Brian Murphy at Every6Day.
0: I'm Doug Berzoni at Moonwalk McFly.
1: All right, and we will uh, see you next week. All right, bye. Bye. All right, see you, Doug. That was terrible. (laughs) That was awful.